2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Jethro, how are you? As you can see, we're all together in Palm Springs, adjacent. It wasn't quite hot enough in Palm Springs; it was only one thirteen, so we came two towns over where it's one fifteen.
3: <laughs> I'm good. I'm in. Uh, I'm at home. It's not hundred degrees. It's probably sixty-five. It's been raining and oh. sunshine, but we've had good weather. Uh, I'm more relaxed than I was last week when I missed you guys. And thank you for the invite to Palm Springs.
2: Well, the reviews are in and they were unanimous that everyone fucking hates the show without you. Yeah, the (laughs) list of complaints is a mile long. It's as long as the penalty list from uh, Austria.
3: (laughs) What a mess. (laughs) Oh, my God. It turned into a
4: fishing podcast real quick.
3: (laughs) I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I listened and uh, it was great. And I was impressed by... Charlie cutting the head off snakes and all sorts (laughs) of things. Like, I live in a country where I always tell Americans the most dangerous animal we have is swans. So I'm always (laughs) amazed when I hear about your snake and bear attacks and Uh mountain lions and all that stuff.
2: Well, we have so much to go through today. We have basically Austria debrief and then Silverstone preview. We're going to try to cram all that into one episode as well as updates on everyone's holidays. First of all, happy 4th of July to everyone in America. Oh, yeah.
3: Do you know what that holiday is, Jethro? I do, because obviously my wife is American. So tomorrow we are, well, I'm going to pick up my Porsche, but once I'm home, I believe we're going to have hot dogs and we are considering (laughs) grilling out. Is that how you say it? Nope. A grill out? A grill out? Barbecue. She's She's going to grill. She says a grill out. Oh, that might be an
2: Indiana thing. Mm. On 4th of July, do the Brits have a collective day of mourning <laughs> that they let this fucking big whale get away from them?
3: I think we just quietly ignore it in a dignified <laughs> way. <laughs> 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 we had our turn, Dax. There was a long time where we kicked ass, basically were evil to everyone. and uh,
2: You were Mercedes, but now the, now the era of Red Bulls here.
3: Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we we blew it. We blew it for a little country. We did pretty well. It's like um, I don't know Williams winning the world championship in twenty twenty four.
2: No, it's very impressive. It reminds me of Beyond the Thunderdome, uh, Mad Max, when the big Master Blaster was actually controlled by the little person on the back of Master Blaster. That was basically the British, the
3: British Empire. It's a big old empire for that while.
2: Okay, so what a wild fucking weekend. Again, Charlie said it last week, but it was confirmed while watching it this week. There's absolutely zero logic to the sprint format now. In fact, I was so confused about qualifying. I had watched qualifying on Friday. I thought it was the qualifying for the sprint. Yep. And then I, I guess I didn't realize they do the qualifying for the sprint on the same exact day. As right
3: before. Right
2: yeah. Right before. Do you like it, Jethro? It seems preposterous the way it's set up.
3: I get what they tried to do, which was take the element of people just going slowly and taking their position because they're not risking anything for the big main event. But yeah, it's made it completely separate. And it's a shame because it was a mega race, wasn't it? Because it was in the wet. But it felt weirdly like tokenism because it's like, who cares? It doesn't really matter. And like Lewis at the start was like, who cares? It's the sprint, doesn't mean anything. So it's a strange separate event now. It's like a different race weekend almost.
2: That was my favorite race of the whole year was,
0: great. was that. Oh, my God. It, insane. it is interesting, too, because, like, Lewis started so far down, he just didn't participate in the sprint. And he didn't need to because he already knew he was qualified higher for the actual race. So he's like, "Yeah, I'm out. But then there's other guys who are the opposite. And you got people like Botas coming out on slicks and having to pit after the the first formation lap. But just, like... There's no rules. People just try and whatever.
2: I I, I had written down, unfortunately, I don't think I can now find it, but someone had a great slide that tracked Max's performance. What what are you giggling at, Chatham?
3: I I love whatever subject we're on immediately comes back to Max's (laughs) godlike status within 12 seconds. Uh
2: listen if ever there was a week to (laughs) applaud his godlike status it it was it's this week um i'm gonna find it in fact I you know sent it to f1 yes that that's how i just remembered how i have it so if i may just say what happened in the beginning of the race verstappen was a second faster lap six okay lap 10 he then was a second and a half faster Lap twenty one, he's two seconds faster than second fastest person, and then two seconds. Lap twenty one, he just got faster and faster. So as you thought, like oh well, he got faster at the beginning and he wore out his tires. No, no, he just kept getting faster and faster. We have to acknowledge
3: this, Jethro. I mean, the the wet is the neutralizer. Yeah, no, he did. He he's just in a different league at the minute. But I think he does deserve plaudits. But so does my man Hulkenberg for. Oh, where yeah. did he qualify was he qualifying second or something ridiculous crazy no, and and no he qualified third but got up to second very quickly didn't he and then stayed if the track had stayed wet I think he would have been second but unfortunately it started to dry out and then the performance of the Red Bull and all the other cars started to tell more but what what a result for him
4: well Hulkenberg has now qualified into gotten into Q3 more times this year than Checo
3: is that true really yes
4: After this weekend, more times than Checo, Q3. Oh, it's a shock. And if you guys saw, did you guys see that post-race interview with Horner after qualifying? No. He was like just openly frustrated. Like just didn't know even how to say it. But then later on in another interview was like, Checo's safe. Checo's safe. He's not going anywhere. But I'm like, that's just smoke and mirrors. He's just like trying to keep Checo's attitude at bay but like if Checo does this one or two more times
2: Well, he I did see a quote from Horner that said like they have the same car. In essence, he's like he has the car so yeah. it's on mm. him at this point. Yeah. He kind of threw him under the bus a little bit this weekend. I'd say so. He's in a little bit of a mental spiral but we got we to gotta talk about, obviously, the, the lap one between Perez oh, and yeah. Max. They almost took each other out. That was awesome. The fact that fucking Max went into the grass at 100 and whatever. The fact that the average speed around that track is 150. And then he was into grass and still got him at the next turn. What was your guys' – Again, I love Perez. What a fucking yeah. champion. We love Perez. But also, Perez, get over yourself. You're not – He finished 20 seconds behind. You're not – you can't take out Max.
0: No, but he's got to try. I mean, that was the best chance he's had. <laughs> yeah. He's got to just try to get out there and hope that the car is good enough that he can stay out, especially for a sprint. Like, he's only got so many laps that he needs to hold him off. <laughs>
2: That's like throwing a broomstick in the front spokes of someone you're racing in a BMX race that he knows better than you. I mean, what the fuck is he thinking?
3: <laughs> well, he said he didn't see him, didn't he? But if you watch it, you can see that he looks in his mirrors, sees it there and then continues again <laughs> to bump him onto the grass. It's like
2: she shoves him right in the grass.
3: Desperate times. Yeah. And then Max got him back, didn't he? he blocked him into, was yeah. it, turn three or four and uh, sort of ran him off the track. But it was such a good race. And Again, there was quite a few standouts, but Hulkenberg and then Lando just had a mega weekend as well, didn't he?
2: Yeah, and again, they're kind of crediting the upgrades to the car, but you look at Piastri, and I think, again, it's just Lando being unbelievably brilliant in a pretty lackluster car still.
3: Piastri didn't get the upgrades, so let's be… Oh, uh, he didn't so get, he, he didn't get the upgrades, did, yeah next week he didn't get the upgrade so this apparently is 50 percent of the upgrade is what they've said and then there's going to be 25 percent at silverstone then 25 percent the week after i'm not sure does piastri get the first half of the upgrade for silverstone yeah, this weekend yeah but lando's good round there so let's see what the trend is in the next i'd say mercedes had a mare basically didn't they this weekend so let's see if mclaren were that good or if the others were falling back but yeah it was impressive we love when you say mayor.
0: I'm yeah. just
2: gonna, you know, well, every time you say it, we since, all look at it. Since
0: you texted us that, I now have seen it everywhere it 400 times. Yeah. <laughs> you hear it on the broadcast a lot, all, all the time. time. <laughs> and I never noticed it. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Never noticed it. They were talking to Checo about the little mix up. And then, uh, you know, he said, Yeah, we settled in. And then it was all about tire management. And I was like, Max had the same exact setup. <laughs> he managed the tires the mm-hmm. same way and was 20 seconds.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they kind of asked him why was Max 20 yeah. seconds
4: ahead. And he said, Well, tire management. Well,
0: it's the same shit <laughs> and you just couldn't figure it out. But
2: And
4: Max just got faster and faster. Yeah. So. But they got pissed at the media. Like there was a question after that sprint race, I guess, about their tussle. And Max was like, oh, wh- whatever we're going to say, you're going you're gonna to clickbait and put this headline and make it into something that it's not? I think we just need to leave it here. And then, like, Checo's just like, yeah.
2: The most exciting moment of the sprint was the winner's circle when you saw Perez and Max speak for the first <laughs> time. And, and they obviously, they handled it very well. It seemed like Checo had the perfect demeanor yeah. for Max. And it seemed like Max was being very calm but then also his Max's OCD like he kept coming back to it. You could see him repeat, you could read his lips, he was repeating the same thing like 9 10 times. Yeah.
0: And I also think Max was saying the right things, but in his mind he's like that he's chalked that up somewhere.
2: Oh, he and Checo's fucked.
0: Yeah, they want him to let him by again later mm. or that fastest lap in the race like that is not an accident. If it was anyone else that held the fastest lap, he probably wouldn't have gone for it. <laughs> but because it was Checo, yes. he's like, okay,
4: let me just show you. Yeah. Yeah. They took a screen capture of that argument, and Max was holding his hand up about chest high. And then the blurbs was if you keep this up, my next teammate's gonna be this tall. Oh. Kind of teasing that Yuki's gonna be his next teammate. <laughs> oh. keeps
2: up. I would love that
4: but, pairing. But that pairing wouldn't
2: get any better with the fight. Like what were they also our, our um dancing with the stars couple? No. It was Max and Horner. Never Max no, and Horner. The boy, Max and um and Yuki. Yuki. That
4: was oh, brilliant. So cute be like a little piggyback ride.
3: But what do you think? You boys are Sergio fans, but he's a long way off at the minute. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. were well, Red Bull, surely you'd make a, a, a change, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, he'd be gone.
2: Well, that kind of brings us to the very exciting news, obviously. I don't think we talked about it last time, that next year, AlphaTauri, which mm-hmm. will not be AlphaTauri, but will still be now their sister team. We talked about that.
0: And they're getting the, the Red Bull. And
2: now they're going to straight up use the Red Bull car. Yeah and then Daniel potentially could be in one of those cars that's fast.
0: Yeah, and that's what I read was like now it seems like Tauri would be a terrible choice. But well, next year when they recycle those parts they get the same car, it's, you know, there's not and, and it's a good car.
2: And it's almost better I would imagine if Ricardo ended up in the new Tauri. for him, that's better than being number 2 to Max cuz he could potentially be beating Max's teammate each week. Mm. You know, he could be they could be finishing 1-2 Red Bull Tauri. I mean, this is this is very wishful thinking. Jethro's like, guys, you need to accept. <laughs> well, I, he's got yeah. a smirk on his face. He's like, "That's not." I mean, things move
3: quickly, don't they? But I is Alpha Tower going to literally just get the recycled Red Bull? Is that is that actually allowed? I'm just I I just can't imagine them going from where they are to be in the second fastest team. Basically,
2: there are quotes with them saying, "We're going to take every part that doesn't violate." I mean, they're very. They're very honest and open about it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing I read said they're getting this year's parts. So next year it'll be a year old, but it'll be mm-hmm. this year's parts. Right. They're getting
2: the RB14 or whatever we're on right now.
3: Well, I mean, the, the Red Bull so far ahead that you could wait three years and it'd still probably be the second quickest team at this, right?
0: Yeah. And DeVries has not changed his approach. Ew. He's getting he's really worse and worse. worse. Yeah, and
4: Logan Sargent had a good race. Like, that was his best finish, I think, this year. And then Piastri, I think he he got he got in a little bit of a tussle, and it wasn't his fault. He lost a part, and then that's kind of what happened to him. So he's just really taken that worst rookie of the year. Back to this new Red Bull design that brings
2: us to the first of Lewis's many, many complaints in the last week. Uh, <laughs> he, is, he is now— called- I have a defense, by the way. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> your your client has, was holding the murder weapon, was photographed stabbing the victim, and you're going to defend. I can't wait to hear. But, but Lewis has been on record saying that the FIA should put a limit on how early teams can switch focus to next season's car. And Max responded by saying, we weren't talking about that when he was winning his championships, right? So I don't think we should now. So that was just the first of what will be many, many quotes I read from Lewis this week. <laughs> but i guess before we do that so the the sprint was outrageously good i mean what a race that was so thrilling and then sunday's main event also an incredible race
0: incredible. you know it felt like the sprint yeah just a longer sprint i mean there was action the entire race there it was, was. Like two
4: drs trains like one in the back one in the middle and it was, it was, was a battle
0: we usually get action somewhere but this was other than max it was the entire field there were so many moves being made.
2: Well, and we blasted Checo, but, you know, that was an impressive mm-hmm. 15th to third. was very fun to watch. You could tell he was like, I'll die today. I'm so happy to die with how I've been driving.
0: <laughs> and he kind of did it multiple times because he stayed out longer, so he got up. And then he pit late, so he went way back down. and yes. they had to work back up. So he worked his way through the field a couple times.
3: But this is his problem. He, he keeps creating situations where he has to do that. That's the problem, isn't it? He makes key mistakes at a key moment. And Yeah he made a good recovery drive, but it's just not good enough against Max. He starts the weekend basically with a massive handicap every race. And at the moment, he is probably the only guy who can really challenge Max. So we're Sergio is depriving us. We need someone else. We need Albon in that car. The fact that Signs said he's intimidating me. Uh, that was right. there, that was, was that the- all about?
2: <laughs> what was that all about? I, I kind of chalked that up to like, oh, there's some Spanish cultural thing that that is a word that means something different. Is that a rule to yeah, too? Is I there some so. sort of
4: rule there? <laughs> Intimidating clause? Like you can't. No. I mean, what does that, that look like? Is it like kind of mini, mini swerves into
0: him or something? Maybe staring at him as he drives.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, by. I was going <laughs> to say it? some evil stare, yeah, a hard stare it, yeah. as he goes past. But I think it was that slight movement down the straight. Yeah. Come on, guys. Jesus, you're in the supposedly the pinnacle of motorsport. Also, signs is the most
2: out-of-control fucking variable on the whole track, if anyone... <laughs> also,
0: like, also frame it and use some different words. Like, he was forcing me... He was doing something but intimidating me. Just you just yeah. sounds so...
2: It doesn't sound like point. he broke the rules. No. I don't think there's any rules against intimidating. Look at Dale Earnhardt. Made a whole career of it. That's the right. intimidator. The intimidator. Signs would have hated racing against him. He couldn't have done it. Other moment of the race that was spectacular. I Just to let you know, Jethro, I left you wouldn't know where any of these places are but jackson hole wyoming in the bus yesterday 8 a.m i waited till i got to the interstate so it would be safe then i put the ipad on the dashboard (laughs) and i watched the whole race
0: glued
2: to it (laughs) and the best two hours of my life like covering 150 miles and watching and you were certainly going a little faster Well, I had the cruise on uh, 80, so I wouldn't be uh, stabbing the (laughs) throttle. A couple of those battles when they go to the in-car and you're afraid they're going to hit each other and you naturally want to jerk, right? Like, I did have to disconnect my brain from the (laughs) steering wheel at times. But I was up there driving and I was having just the time of my life. And one moment that made me laugh so fucking hard is when the engineer on Ferrari came over on lap 32 to Charles and said... (laughs) What do you think about a three-stop?
3: And he just says, no, straight up. It
2: was the most dismissive no I've ever heard. He was embarrassed for that question. He's
0: like, no. He also came on and said, we're going to need to extend this stint. And one lap later, pit, Immediately. Pit, pit, box, box, box. One lap after they just went through this whole dialogue about extending the tires for this one stint. So confusing. I don't understand it. It's insane.
4: I, I thought when we were watching it, I missed something. I was like, what they just said to extend it. And he's immediately pitting.
2: They tried everything in their power to prevent Charles from getting second, but he managed yeah. to get second despite yeah. oh, yeah. them.
3: It's like the vortex of insanity at Ferrari, isn't it? There's just all this swirling yeah. craziness. They, they actually had a quick car, but yeah, that cracked me up. It, it, like you say, Charles was... So dismissive of him. It was brilliant.
4: Well, remember when Fred Vasseur said there was like a maybe a mole in Ferrari and he was trying to like flush him out with drama? Like maybe someone's in there sabotaging all this and being like, yeah, the three stop this. Let's pitch
0: it. It does seem like progress, though, that they're checking with him now. And he's he's empowered to say just no.
2: Listen, there were moments when I was doing the TV show Punked, I had an earpiece and and in essence, it was there to tell me if I was blocking one of the hidden cameras and you couldn't see, you know, the guest. But it became people just kind of voicing their internal dialogue into my ear while I was trying to do the punct. And um, I would turn right to the camera and I would take the earpiece out and show them and I would drop it on the ground. Basically like stop busting. Stop. Now it's out because I can't do this job with that in. I can't wait for Charles to unplug. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> the communication, only plug it back in when he says I'm coming into box and then unplug it again. He seems like he's just
0: at his limit. Yeah. He's he's had
2: it. In fact, I was so discouraged during the sprint and the qualifying. I thought, God damn it, they broke Charles. This is so mm-hmm. sad to witness. He's kind of given up signs as faster than him. Yeah. But no, he had a great race and apparently he loves Silverstone. So I hope we see some strong yeah. Charles because I, I love
4: him. Yeah, that science-Checo battle was amazing to watch. Incredible. He he did such a great job. He won the—he got second place for Leclerc. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, That was an incredible battle. And it was such a Checo move
0: to do It was. And also another moment that just shows the gap between Perez and Verstappen. He couldn't figure out where to— to pass and use his DRS, and so he oh, kept blowing it. Yeah. And it took Max one lap around to figure out, all right, I wait here so I get DRS when I leave, Yep, and then I get him, and Checo could not figure that out.
2: Oh, and he lifted, it, it, it talk about like a photo finish. If they would have broken down when they crossed the DRS line, Charles and Max, he was like nine inches behind him, and then, Hammer down, past him. It was brilliant. Yeah, and Checo could not figure that out. And signs had a couple, too, that were, like, half a car length. Yeah. That he was just managing to stay behind. And even the commentators were like, the team is going to have to explain yes. to Veras how the DRS works and when he should time this path. It was
0: path. long enough that they were able to recognize it. Come on, and say that the, the engineers need to give him a heads up.
2: All right, now, the other huge thing we got to talk about, obviously, is Max... Coming in on lap 70 with a 23.9 second lead. When the average time lost is 20 seconds. Yeah, so four seconds. I mean, when he was coming over the radio and asking, you know, if he, well, I don't even know how he said it. I didn't, was trying to see if I missed it or not. I don't remember
0: hearing any radio messages. There was. They, he,
3: he yeah, there was. Like,
2: we have what, 24 seconds uh, uh, coming in for fastest lap. And they were like, oh, we think you should stay out, Max, and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm coming in. And I remember thinking, this is this is a bad decision. But of course, the second it worked, I was like, you know, this guy is just a fucking
3: hero and you got to love it. It's the ultimate fuck you to Perez as well, isn't mm. it? It's it's just like, I think they wanted him to push on his old ties to see if he could do fastest lap, which he probably could have. But then he was like, no, we've got 24 seconds, I'm coming in. And uh, I thought they'd say no, but then next lap, the radio message came up, box, box, and that was it.
2: The best was they were saying no, no, as the team put their helmets on, because they also knew that it didn't matter if they said no, he's coming in whether they like it or not. So they're saying no, no, and someone's also
0: saying, put your helmets on, get the tires ready, he's not going to listen. They protected themselves by saying no. So, like, it's on record, we did say no, but, yeah, get ready, it's happening. But it does,
2: if you now rewind to last season in, in Austin and then Mexico, And, you know, we were saying, or at least I was saying, you know, he has a single fucking moral of his life, which is get every point that can be gotten. If anything ever proves
0: that, it was this. Four-second buffer. And four seconds on a pit stop is nothing. That's not like you totally blow it. That's just a little bit slower.
2: Yeah, like front right tire impact is a little slow. But… Also, I bet in his mind, too, he's like, okay, I come out behind Charles with new tires. Yeah, I'll pass him yet again. And get
4: fastest lap. (laughs) One minute lap. It was all glory for him in his mind. I'm convinced he's trying to beat every record as soon as possible so he can retire as early as possible and just sim, get fat and be on his yacht. I
2: would totally disagree with you. I think he's going to race. And I think, you know, until they pull him out of the car physically, I think he'll keep at
0: it. I do wonder if he would have gone for that fastest lap if it was anyone other than Checo that had it. I know for the team as well, it's like, hey, it's our point. <laughs> like, it's it's the constructor's point. And I think, like we said, I think he was holding on to the sprint yeah. and just like, all
4: right. Yep. And his personal points, if he was the constructor, he'd be still winning the constructor by himself.
3: I just wonder if he has to do these things to keep it entertaining yeah. for him. Do you know what I mean? He just has yeah. to challenge himself. And it seems like he's just doing it to sort of mess with everyone else. But it's probably what keeps him going over the course of a weekend because as soon as the race started the race was fantastic all the way up and down the field if you took max out of it but as soon as he was like what 1.2 seconds ahead on lap one yeah it's over like you know he's gonna be four seconds then five seconds then and it's just gonna keep on going out you can totally see it once he gets out there it's like all right well he's gone now so what's next
0: yeah and if it wasn't A rule, he wouldn't even need to pit. He manages his time. I mean, he just.
2: I do bet in his mind, like winning the race was the first challenge, which now he wins all the races. So now this notion of perfect weekends, right? Where he wins quali, he wins the sprint, he wins quali, he wins the race, he wins fastest lap. Like I bet for him now, the victory is a perfect weekend. So that thing was just hanging out there. And again, back to his OCD, it's just hanging. This one point, just preventing him from having a perfect weekend. He has to go for it. He wants the hat trick every weekend. You know, he's also like one of these great athletes, like when Jordan was in the zone or any of these basketball players were like, they just couldn't not hit their threes. And they just wanted the ball every single fucking time. It's like, he knows he's got the stroke and he can get out there and get it with
0: a four second buffer. And we kind of saw, I guess that was last race where he kind of dozed off and went off track. <laughs> he
2: fell yeah. asleep. I mean, hit a knocked curb. Himself out. Yeah. Like. And then giggled about it. Still
0: wins. Getting down to a four-second little gap—that's the closest he'd been to a driver in forever. He's probably like, "Let's, yeah. this
4: is exciting." Well, Let's- he said on the radio, "The last lap." So he went, changed his tires, and then they were like, "Max, this is your last lap." Be careful of the cars in front of you. They're racing, and he just said, "Yeah, this is pretty fun to watch. Like you're getting the fastest lap, and mm-hmm. just someone's now two seconds behind you. That's all he's thinking about."
3: And was he like one of the few drivers who didn't really have any track limits issues? Basically, of course. Like, I mean, it was mm-hmm. an insane weekend for that. And I think he did like the first
0: practice, and that was it. He had figured it out after yeah. one, probably just a warning.
3: And then he was good.
4: And I think Logan Sargent might have been one of the only other ones in the bottom that didn't get a penalty.
3: Well, when you're only driving at 93%, yeah. it's easy. It's an 5 <laughs> off the track.
2: When you're not even on the racing line, you're just out for a stroll. <laughs> out oh, for a land stroll. Okay, now we need to talk about Lewis's behavior. He took it to a new level, and he got, obviously, it was it was so egregious that Toto had to intervene. But if I can just read some of the things that Lewis was complaining about. Perez is going off at turn 10. If they're noticing everyone, they might as well know. Then again, Perez off again. Has he got a penalty yet? This guy's going off every single time. Then, Hamilton, I can't keep it on track. The car won't turn. Then he decided to blast Lando for a while. Lando was going off so much it was insane. As soon as he passed me, he went off like at least 10 times, and so did Sergio Perez. And then ultimately, Toto had to come on and say, Lewis, the car is bad. We know. Please drive it. <laughs> Lewis, uh, just drive the stupid car. And stop bitching and embarrassing yourself and me and the whole team and everyone back in Stuttgart or wherever the fuck Mercedes is. <laughs> Well, I mean that was this is this was apex bitching by Lewis. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear your defense yeah, of him. Please, Charlie, up. explain why that was all.
0: Now look, it started with Lando calling out Lewis when Lewis was in front, mm-hmm. and he every lap kept saying he's out, he's over, he's beyond yeah. track limits. And then Lewis got slapped with a penalty. So you know what's fair is fair. He is a man of of uh, equal opportunity racing. Yes, he wants <laughs> everyone to have the same chances. He got
2: slapped with it. But I need Jethro to tell me, because my understanding is the race controllers are not listening to the radios to find out what penalties need to be handed out from the drivers. They're staring at the camera on the turn. And I think we found out that they're all
0: sensors, too. Like, there's a—it's not even a It's not even, it's not a even pers- human. No. Like, oh, it's like tennis was? Because they said someone went out, like, accidentally and didn't gain an advantage. Like, they, they took the turn too wide and lost control. And they said, that still counts, even though they're not getting it. That used to be, if you weren't getting an advantage, it was fine. Right. But now it's just like, I think that there's some sort of sensor that ticks
3: when you go over, I think. Yeah, I'm sure there is. But it's the problem is, if a rule is broken that many times, there has got to be a possibility that the rule is wrong. And the way the rule currently is, what they're saying is, if none of the tires touch the white line, right? So if you're like one millimeter over the white line... But if you're still effectively on the track because you're on that curb, to me, that's the racetrack. Like, visibly, could any of you tell that those were track limits? It's yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. If you're gonna have track limits, have a natural track limit, which is yeah. gravel or grass Curve. or something that naturally spikes costs you time, lava. Because then you won't do it. It's fucking ridiculous to have it. Do you know what? I read a tweet by one of the um, by the race who so is a really good. Website about Formula One, and they do uh, their own podcast, etc. There were twelve hundred plus track limits offences mm. reviewed for the race. Yeah, it's been 12- okay, twelve hundred. Yeah. I did the <laughs> fucking maths. It's a seventy-one lap race. There's twenty cars driving it, so a few times. The, the total number of laps completed by all of the cars was 1,420. Wow. <laughs> and there were 1,200 fucking track limits. It's wow. ridiculous. 98% it's, of the laps. It's utterly mad. And I get it's the same for everyone. So everyone, you know, Max didn't go over, Child didn't go over. But the tracks have to have some sort of natural thing. It it, it doesn't make sense because it ruins it for the... view. I mean, after the race, how many people changed positions like five hours after the race had finished. So you watch the race, it's over, and you don't even know where everyone's placed. It's ridiculous.
2: Well, there's two ways to look at it. At first, I felt exactly as you do, Jethro, which is like, this is so nitpicky and irrelevant and such a waste of time. But then on the other hand, I thought, anything that heightens the variables or the more mistakes that can be made, the better for us viewers. I mean, the more pit stops, the better. The more safety cars, better. So I think it's stupid, and I would be going mad if I were a driver. But at the same time, for us as the viewer, it does add another element that makes it more exciting, I think.
3: But not as much as a gravel trap or some grass that makes them spin or a wall that they crash. Oil, you know?
2: yeah, just like a reservoir of oil just right on the other side. So when they do touch it, they just...
3: Fucking well, well <laughs> the thing is, you, th- there needs to be some investigation. But if it's a low-grip surface that's only, I don't know, 18 inches wide or something, so there is a penalty, but if you get onto it, you don't immediately crash because beyond it, there is normal tarmac or whatever. But just having it where you drive around, it looks... To the naked eye, it basically looks like you've done exactly the same thing, but one of them is a penalty and one isn't. It it doesn't make sense for a viewership. I don't think.
4: I think Toto said he's like, well, if this is a problem, we should just bring back the sausage curbs, and then the teams will be complaining that their cars just smashed and broken. And the drivers of- are injured. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think the problem with gravel traps and sausage curbs and a few other things is uh, is the motorbike race there as well, and obviously. A bike going into the gravel yeah. or a big high curb is a very different thing to a car. But they've got to look at it basically because it's it's slightly infuriating and it's a bit embarrassing when there's at the end of the race several hours later you still don't know who's come first or who's come tenth, for example.
2: Yeah, that part sucks. But let me ask you this: Why was it this weekend? Is it that track in particular that they're being stricter on? Why, this was unique. So what what changed between the previous eight races and this?
3: Yeah, I think it's that particular turn 9 and 10 are really tricky. And I think it's something to do with the configuration of the, the white line and the curb. Uh, it, it, because they've now defined it as the white line is the issue, not the curb, on that particular track, the relationship between those two things.
2: But we didn't have this last year, did we? I was at that race last year, so I didn't. I don't know what happened at it. But this wasn't happening.
3: Yeah, no, I think, I think they're just policing it much, much more. I also thought they could just figure it out. They knew they were going to be looking at
0: it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were pushing clearly a little too hard. And the rules are rule. You're not gonna change it over the course of the weekend. So figure it out. Don't yeah. you know some guys didn't get the penalties. They figured it out. Right. So you're that's not the thing is playing your way out of it this time. Figure it out later. But Now, just get your car dialed in. Don't push so hard there and stay in bounds.
2: Yeah, they have the ultimate defense, which is, well, Max figured it out, and Charles figured it out, and Perez ironically figured it out. So, And he was driving like a maniac coming up and down the ladder the whole race,
4: and somehow he stayed in track limits. So that's a pretty good defense of it. Lando called out Max and Checo, though, because they were complaining after Quali, and Lando's like, why are they complaining? They blatantly have the fastest car on the track, like they could have stayed in track limits still.
2: Stay tuned for more F1 with DRS.
0: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more
1: details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, "Let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym." Not only did I get those things, there was all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm.
3: How did you boys feel about Lando's facial hair as beard owners yourselves? It's a bit
4: lackluster.
3: <laughs>
2: it's. Well, I was going to say, Lando complaining doesn't sway me much. No. You're talking about Lando and Lewis. I think those two are both.
3: But the, I tell you what, I'm going to do one defense of Lewis, okay? Because okay, here he, does, g- he does bitch like crazy. But I think we're in that point of the season where he's got a little bit of a sniff that the car could be good. He could start to get results. And immediately he's gapped russell you know suddenly you see when he gets just a little taste that the car could come to his liking suddenly the commitment's there and he looks i mean the body language of the car it's like watching leclerc you know he's throwing it around really properly and it's he is spectacular as a driver i really think that he he is you know what i see when i'm
2: watching him battle other people kind of the game intelligence like the, the how smart he is. Like, Checo's kind of a raging bull. He fucks up a lot of times. He's brilliant a lot of times, but he's definitely more fearless than he is skilled, whereas Lewis is that perfect balance of pretty fearless, but really smart. Like, he backed out of a couple turns where it looked like he was going to go for it. It was a total, the right decision. And you can see the professionalism in him. The the intellect, the the racing intellect is so high with
3: him. He he really is good. And the other thing I sort of like about where we're at in the season forget Red Bull but the rest of them you don't know from weekend to weekend anymore like is it going to be Ferrari is it going to be Mercedes is it going to be Aston, Aston were pretty invisible this weekend mm-hmm. Alpine sometimes get into it now it looks like Lando might have the chance it's properly mixed up behind Max basically so it's it I, I like that and going in Silverstone it'd be hard to predict who's going to be second best third best you know
2: well, I'm going to now refer to Lewis. I have three nickname options, and you guys get to pick. So I'm either going to be calling them Lewis Meter Maid Hamilton, mm-hmm. Lewis Hall Monitor Ma- Hamilton, or Lewis Tattletale Hamilton. Do any of those I ever— like Hall Monitor. You like Hall yeah. Monitor. Okay. So that'll be going forward, I will be calling him, a.k.a. the Hall Monitor. Jethro, can you tell us, and maybe—well, uh, either of you. I'm the dumbest guy here, clearly. I didn't know about the penalties and other things. Um, What should we expect— for our upcoming race in Silverstone.
3: Well, Silverstone is one of the oldest tracks. Um, it's been modified, obviously, and updated over the years, but it is spectacular. The drivers love it. Unbelievably high speed. So the old start finish, the old start finish straight, and then cops, and then into the maggots Beckett's complex is probably one of the best places to watch a Formula One car. It's just all high speed. It's not always the best for overtaking because of those high-speed turns, but it's a proper old-school Formula One track, and the drivers absolutely love it. And you see the cars going through corners that look like corners, but they're taking them flat in eighth gear.
2: What's the name of that turn? Yeah, it's Eighth Gear Right-Hander. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are they going through there, 180 or something?
3: 175 or something, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I've <laughs> driven around there lots of times, and in a road car, I mean, you're like, braking changing down a gear maybe you're going through it you know 90 miles an hour if you're lucky and they're and they're going through flat in eighth gear in quality it's unbelievable
2: it's probably the most spectacular display of downforce and the whole season yeah yeah?
3: it's shocking and then watching them through the next complex which is all super quick onto the hangar straight it's mind-bending and it's a great place to watch them and it's Brilliant place for fans as well, because there'll be like 250,000 fans. It's always got huge, huge attendance. The weather, I had a little look this morning. It's funny over here at the minute. It's like sunshine and showers, and it looks like sunshine and showers over the weekend too. So pretty warm, but then chances of rain warming up again. So we could have a really mixed up race. I hope so.
2: Do you guys have the expression in uh, England, uh, devil's beating his wife? You ever heard that? No. When it's sunny out and it's raining? My, my my hillbilly grandma used to say, oh, devil's beating his wife. <laughs> wow, I've never heard You've her. never heard that? No. Okay, I think it's a southern thing. <laughs>
3: do, you, do you have a saying for that when it's sunny and it's rainy? Nothing that's as graphic and evil as the devil beating well, up I, his
2: wife. My favorite part of the devil's beating his wife is I always thought, that's so weird the devil got married. That feels like <laughs> such a Jesus kind of thing to do, like a Christian. <laughs> like why, was, why did the devil decide to get married?
3: Married her just so he could <laughs> eat her. <laughs> I'd <laughs> if she's his wife, you know.
2: We've gotten uh, this question a bunch of times, and um, I have asked you, Jethro, to explain to us how the battery system works and how do they charge it, and what's the whole program for them to build up that battery when they want to do an overtake on the yeah.
3: following lap? So these things are so complex now. So you basically have an internal combustion engine, which is the 1.6-liter V6 with a big, fat turbocharger on it. And then you have two electric motors that are recovering energy from it. So you have something called the MGUK for kinetic. So it's motor generator unit kinetic, which is working on the braking system, the rear axle. So as you're braking, it's turning that energy into electricity. And can I just really
2: quickly point out to people, so if you think about your electric car, the energy goes to the electric motor, spins the wheels but if you reverse that process and you allow the wheels to spin the motor backwards, it actually sends energy back to the battery. That's really Exactly. So, yeah? so
3: it's working under exactly the same principle. And then it has something called the MGU-H for heat, which is working on the exhaust gases. So it's actually turning that heat into electrical energy and charging the battery as well. You have a small battery, only weighs about 20 kilos, which is really light compared to road cars, which weigh hundreds of kilos but it can only generate 161 horsepower. That's the maximum the electric motor is allowed to put back into the system, if you like. But there are various different modes, and so you, effectively you are choosing how to use that deployment. So you can boost up to 161 horsepower, but the more you try and tap into that power that's being generated under brake and under heat, the more you deplete the battery so you can't get that boost So in a qualifying lap, you probably spend the lap, you know, those prep laps you're braking, you are trying to get as much energy into that battery store as possible. So you start the lap fully charged and ready to deploy that 161 horsepower in as many places as possible. But in a race scenario, obviously that changes. So if you've got someone attacking you, you might build up as much as possible in all the areas you know you can block them and then deploy the full 161 horsepower for the full length of the straight, for example, to try and stop them.
2: Especially if they have DRS on you, behind you, right? Exactly.
3: no. really quick, we
2: can see on the cars, they don't have brake lights or taillights, but when they're regenerating, they do have lights on. Yeah. So do they actually hit a switch that maximizes the regeneration or something? Why, why is that on sometimes and not?
3: Yeah, because they have different modes which are managed. So they they basically have three main modes, one which will be practice mode, one which will be quality, and one which will be for the race. But then there are lots and lots of sub-modes that they deploy depending where they're at. And you also have to remember these cars, their maximum fuel allowance is 110 kilos, but very often they won't fill up completely. They'll short fill the cars. So in theory, they shouldn't be able to finish the races, but they're banking on... Safety cars being stuck in traffic, etc. And then they might use that energy differently too to save some fuel. So, actually, I would recommend Mercedes do lots of really cool videos about this stuff on their YouTube channel. Mm. But the control electronics, which controls the entire thing, can make over 43 trillion calculations over the course of a race distance. Lewis, since you've been complaining, the car has made over 185
2: <laughs> trillion calibrations. <laughs> Just try to drive it. Please, we're just
0: begging you, man. Is the uh, deployment of the battery just manual? Like you're pressing like a, a button of sorts to... Yeah, is it on the steering wheel? Or is it no, just it's, an
3: on it, or off? It, it, it will be the modes. It will be the modes you're selected. So when you hear the um, engineer saying to Lewis, go to strap 5 or whatever, that will... Um, Automate everything? Yeah, that will determine how much you're harvesting and how much you're deploying but then i believe you can probably override that on the steering wheel for when you really need to defend. And mm-hmm. how long to to recharge? Like let's say you drain it down to 10%. Is it 10 laps, 20 laps to boost it back up or is it No, because it's a small battery and it's uh, only deploying a small amount of power, you will be able to do it pretty quickly. But when the margins are so fine between being overtaken or not, You want maximum energy. I mean, in a qualifying lap, you'll be able to prep the thing. So I'm sure you can boost it all the way up in one lap. But over the course of the race, you're under so much stress that you need to deploy at the same time. Because the engine's still going to have 850-odd horsepower on its own because these things are a 1,000-odd horsepower, aren't they? So the engine gives you the large majority of your performance. But you can use this extra boost really strategically throughout the race.
2: Yeah, I was saying that on the episode you weren't there, that if you think about it being 1.6 liter and you think about a Yamaha R1 as a 1 liter and you did that, you know, percentage-wise, that would mean the R1 would make like 600 horsepower if you could imagine. That's what the motor's spinning at.
3: And this engine would produce way more power than that. But you think how reliable they have to be now. And there's a maximum fuel flow rate as well. So 100 kilos per hour is the maximum amount of fuel that you can stick through the car. If you just took all those rules away and just said, go for your life, boys, run as much fuel as you want. These things would be producing, you know, 1,500 horsepower, I'm sure, on their own, just the engine.
4: Uh Matt? I still don't even understand anything you just said, but I think I know a little bit more. I feel like... <laughs> oh, it's not a great sign. Not, <laughs> no, but I think that there's a lot of people that will understand, but my brain doesn't work like that. But I found it fascinating. I just won't remember any... I don't even know what a one liter is versus a 1.6 liter. So Well,
2: you do, you do. Think about yeah. when you would get a two liter of Coca-Cola. Remember so, the big plastic yeah. bottle? Of yeah, Coca- yeah, yeah, that's yeah.
4: two liters. Two liters. So
2: the whole motor is only one point... You know, it's only... uh. 80% of that two liter of Coke. So it's all the cylinders combined are only, the volume's only that volume. much, right? Oh, okay. Yes, this so sense. the cylinders, right? So it's 1.6 divided by six. So each cylinder has that much volume in it, which is like smaller than a Coke can. Yep. So it's a really tiny amount of volume that the, the explosion's happening in. To compare it, the motor in my uh, Lincoln, right, yeah. is an eight liter, so it's four of those fucking two-liter Coca-Cola bottles, and that's less.
3: What was your Harley? I bet your Harley was like over a liter in capacity, probably, and that probably produced about twelve horsepower, I should think. <laughs> well, yeah, this
4: is this is why I bought my <laughs> Harley brand new because I knew I could not have an old bike and be fixing it on the side of the road. So,
3: <laughs> well,
2: truly, the the twelve hundred, I think that's a one point yeah. two liter. Right? Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. If this, yeah, if the CCs works yeah. out perfectly to that. Yeah. and the big bike was fourteen hundred. You know, thirteen. Yeah. 80 or whatever. So it was virtually the same size as the F1 motor is a Harley motor. Okay, that's crazy. And if you plotted horsepower per liters, yes, they'd be on the opposite ends of the graph.
3: (laughs) Wild. And then in 2026, I think the electrical side of things is becoming much more powerful. So the power output of the hybrid system is going to be a much larger differentiator. So I think their idea is to make the engine not a spec engine because there'll be different manufacturers, but less of a performance differentiator and the hybrid system is going to be more. So they're getting rid of the MGU-H, I think, the heat one, and it's just going to be kinetic, but it's also going to have more power. It's something I should have checked, but I think it's 400-odd horsepower. So Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really going to change the way these things Mm. work. Part of the reason why they're going to simplify it for 2026 is that it's so complex for new manufacturers to enter. Yeah, Because it's such an unbelievably complicated system. And that Mercedes effectively got this right when the rules changed to hybrid and and they cleaned up because it it became almost like an engine formula because they they just did such a better job. It seems unfair because they have
2: obviously parent company Mm -hmm. that has already invested billions and billions into electric motor technology and storage systems and everything else. And if you're, uh, you know, Sauber or whatever, trying to figure all this out on your own without a parent company to pull from. And they claim they don't, but that's complete horseshit. There's no way they're sitting on that tech and not using it.
0: Red Bull has all that energy
2: drink tech. Yeah. That's, that's a very, very good They've got 40 years in the energy drink biz. Um, Matt, do you have uh, some juicy pulp from the paddock?
4: I do. So you're going to like this one. Pre, I think it was like, When the whole race was starting off, they do those, like, interviews with drivers or principals on stage in front of the fans. Oh. uh And so Toto's up uh, getting an interview on stage, and he hears booing at him. Oh, my God. And he looks over at this guy in front of everyone and says, you need to drink less beer. Oh. And then he says, he looks at him a little further, and he says, you know what? You're really not a nice-looking guy. Oh, just <laughs> totally burns him. The crowd bursts into laughter. It was amazing. Just total burning. He went after his looks. Literally went after wow. his looks. Well, when yeah. all else fails,
2: hit him where it hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know when I, because I, you know me, guys, I get into dust-ups all the time with people. It's so embarrassing, but I'm constantly in power struggles. In fucking, we were in Idaho last week, and I'm teaching Adam Scott to ride a motorcycle. And we go to this little boat launch. Well, isn't there a woman living in an RV that's, I guess, she's in charge of the boat launch? She comes out and she's like, I don't want you riding these motorcycles in there. And I'm like, I'm a little confused on what authority you have to tell me I can't be in this parking lot at a municipal boat launch, you know. But anyways, I get into ups all the time. And many of the times I have to be in my head, I'm like, don't you dare comment on them physically. That is off the table. But it's right there the whole time.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's if they're just,
2: cross-eyed and you're arguing with them or, you know, it's just sitting there and you got to
0: resist the urge. You don't want to go below the belt. I mean, you can end it pretty quick when you just attack someone's height. Just something completely yeah. out of their control that they probably are so self-conscious I about. Know. And I And I have some integrity. I won't do it. But it's it. I'm actually
2: hearing that louder in my head, that obvious thing I could say to them that I resist saying.
0: Don't comment on that hairline. Don't line. do it. <laughs> Don't get the hairline.
4: Okay, we also have, so about El and their rebranding next year. Yuki was asked what the team should be called and love Yuki. He said, just Team Yuki. That's it. <laughs> I, I think it be time. Alpha Yuki. <laughs> Team Yuka, Alpha Alpha Yuki. Alpha Yuki. Yuki. We have kind of not race-related, but wild. I don't know if you guys saw those videos of, like, the jetpack dudes that were flying around the yeah. race. No. Like, those military ones where they have the jetpacks on their arms and they're yeah. and it's like Iron Man. Yes. So, no one saw it, but then there was a video where guys doing the jetpack around a corner and one of the jetpacks must have given out, oh. going full steam around. Right on the just. Track slams down 30 feet in the air and just rolls around. And then I guess they were recording and Oscar Piastri must have just been sitting there having a snack watching TV and the camera caught him see it happen. And then he kind of looks over and sees the camera and looks back and then looks back over to the camera and kind of grits his teeth and goes like know. awkward it's if you i'll post it on her they
3: dax i feel like you should have a jetpack have you not investigated jetpack, dax I've, i feel like Me. it's something that you would have been on board with very very early on
2: no and and you know this may shock you but while we were in jackson hole lincoln wanted to go paragliding and i said to her i said look hon you can if you want but I don't think the reward versus risk is there. It's not that exciting to paraglide, yet they do fold up on themselves occasionally and you fall to the ground and die. Yeah, I've thought It's boring. It's kind of boring and you can die. And I'm like, you know, there's other things with the same mortality rate that are much more thrilling that I'd rather see you do. I don't have any desire to be up in the fucking sky without a parachute on my back.
4: It's just an engine on your back.
2: Yeah, I've only seen like, them fly them over the water, yeah. which makes sense.
3: I'd rip around on one if I had one. You would? I'd love to go one over the water. The ones you say over the water look awesome. Fun.
2: Water would be cool. Yeah, I would do it over the water, but not over the fucking Red Bull Ooh. Ring. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a little higher reward, though, because you're showing up Yeah. 150,000 people. So there's your reward right there. Forget the views.
4: Uh, We also have Inspector Adrian is back. Um, Obviously, with McLaren's new upgrades, there was some video of him with his notebook just standing right out front. (laughs) And they were like, how scared is McLaren right now? He's just figured out everything they've done. And the next race, all their upgrades will be for nothing. He had a notebook? Yeah. Oh, my God. He always, because that's his thing. He doesn't use a computer. He writes everything down in this notebook. Imagine getting your hands on that thing. What if he had a 90s camcorder on his shoulder? That'd be even <laughs> better.
3: Do you think he just sends, like, a school report to all the other teams on a Monday morning after the race? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Adrian rates your
2: weekend.
4: B minus. Good good <laughs> improvement, boys. B minus. <laughs> then We got a quick one. Um I guess, big number for Ferrari, 800th podium for Ferrari, the most out of any team that happened this weekend, so. I saw that they added up Mercedes,
2: Red Bull, and some third team, and cumulatively, it didn't equal 800. Wow.
4: But that's just history, right, Jeff Yeah,
3: yeah they've been there a long time.
4: Yeah. and the longest. And then, also, Carlos had a kind of a teary-eyed moment after the race, he was being interviewed, and he, from what you can see, got choked up. Like, he was kind of upset. Like, at the beginning, he was— tr- he felt like he could pass Leclerc, and he wasn't allowed to. That was bizarre to. to me. And then he kind of did all he could do, and then he got pushed back because of his penalties. And so it just wasn't a good showing, but you could tell he probably just put everything into that race
0: and, and he was been just bullied. exhausted.
2: He had been bullied yeah, by Perez. he was Perez. intimidated. Exactly.
4: Yeah, he was that, intimidated. That's
2: probably why he was emotional. He'd been <laughs> bullied for nine laps by Perez. Yeah, he blamed
0: it on everything else, but really he was just shook from Perez's intimidation. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. If he could have just been vulnerable enough to admit what really happened, which is he was shook. He's yeah. scared to show up to work next week. <laughs> Terrified. that bully out on the track. Okay, so P10, mm. clearly no one won in the sprint, right? Or I would have heard about no. it. No. And my guy started
4: in pit lane. So. <laughs> That's perfect. Oh,
3: yeah. He was out. He was gone. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and I almost did it in race. Oh, yeah. you had albon
3: yeah i don't like how p10 is is changing me because I, I saw like albon was so i mean he was just a shoe in as soon as the race started he was not as fast as a head but faster than the guys planned. it was just obvious and i was like i'm so bad at this now that i was like fuck you back <laughs> like, albon I was your man gonna, for so long <laughs> what's gonna happen to
4: albon
2: I thought I had it made. I'm like, Lando's starting in fifth. Of course he's going to fall five places because the other top tier teams are going to pass him.
0: I had a feeling that that was a little too high. It, yeah, I was so confident.
2: I'm like, this is going to work out perfectly. Every time he gets passed, I'm going to be delighted. And no,
4: he just hung on and then went up. And then went yep. up. Yep. But Alpha was in 10th. Basically, the whole race wasn't he, Matt? Ten place the whole race, and t- a penalty screwed him. That's it. Yeah.
0: It's pretty remarkable that none of us won in the race finish and none of us won with all the mix-up. No, right, like, right, right. We, <laughs> we lost twice, basically. It was a completely new order. Yeah. We had two shots at it, yeah. We two. had two a completely different shots at it. Yeah. Well, really, we had
2: three shots at it. it does, we had the sprint, <laughs> yeah. we had the real race, and then the, the shuffling of the results, yeah. and no one at all. It, it's almost impossible— um, I will say, though, I am feeling more and more like Albon is the new Yuki.
1: Yes. Yuki you is we're out. saying
4: Stroll, too. Stroll is, like, really getting out of those numbers in. Yeah.
0: Stroll, there was that moment in the race when he said over the radio that he didn't want, to, you know, basically told Alonzo to back off so they could keep their positioning. Yeah. And then Alonzo started to push and make some moves, like, wasn't going to do that. And Stroll fought him off and kept it. And it was, yeah. I liked it.
2: But you had a. I had the feeling that Alonzo was definitely playing, uh, you know, like shadow boxing. I, I don't. I don't know that he, that Stroll felt the full brunt of. Yeah, he's like you get this one,
0: or maybe he was pretending to be fighting him to give him a little confidence. Sure, you know? build
2: up his confidence. Yeah, yeah help train him. For me, the two racers when I see come together that excites me the very most is Hamilton and Alonso. Mm-hmm. Anytime those two are inching closer to each other, I'm just getting more and more erect. I yeah. just love it.
4: Because their cars are kind of similar. And they hate each other. They hate each other, but also respect each other's abilities. And neither of them is going to fuck up. Yeah, they're
2: assassins, yeah. those two. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so I guess let's do P2 for uh, Silverstone. Be 10. I'm sorry. I mean he we might doesn't 16 V2 is just B2. as exciting. <laughs> I think we'd have more like at like P16 or something. You know, that's why 10 is glorious because you know who's gonna win and you
4: know who's gonna be in last. That's why it's the best bet on the grid. Well, there's actually a Reddit feed now that is it's called F1.5, and they remove the top five, mm. and now they're doing a driver's championship oh. of just them. So I think Elbon's leading that, the last time I checked El- Elbon's oh. leading the F1.5. So oh. it's similar, but just like, yeah, I think they really, it's catching on the yeah. betting for first is just not
0: the situation. Well, what's the point anymore? I mean, it's Okay, massive. so in the spirit of
2: 4th of July, Jethro, I think we should let you pick first for mm. P10 because you guys experienced that huge loss.
3: Really what I want to do is, is rescue the career of Yuki Tsunoda because since Charlie's been picking him, it, mm. it, it, it's like I agree. he's ruined his entire career like he was a guy who was going to be looking like he was going to be in Red Bull's second seat just a few weeks ago and then Charlie's kiss of death he just keeps on crashing, spinning
2: Charlie please never take me in a
3: bet yeah. <laughs> don't ever so, bet on um, me please so to save our, our mascot Yuki I'm going to choose Yuki
2: that's a, that's, a that's a great pick. That's uh, a great pick. And then, Matt, who do you want?
4: Um, because I'm also not American. Is that?
2: I guess. Announced. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that
4: works. Um, I think I'm going to go Stroll. That's a great pick. Yeah. I, I kind of want Stroll. Charlie?
2: Ooh, I think I'm going to go Albon. Yeah. That's who I would have gone. You know what I'm doing now? I'm going who I think, and then I i don't allow myself to pick that. And then I literally think, who's not going to get intent? And I think Alcon, so I'm going to pick Alcon because Piastri's I, gonna I never even upgrades. think about
0: him.
4: Wait, what's going Piastri's on? going to get those upgrades, and seeing Lando, that might be a good one, too. I'm going—you know what? I'm changing from Alcon just because
2: I—he's the most invisible driver to in me, and that's no— Shade to him. I don't know why I just say the
0: name's hard. Even I, when I see him, it takes me a minute to like, is that him? Oh, yeah, that's that's
4: him. it's yeah. just his ugly helmet that doesn't match his car that I don't want. Like. Okay, so now I I scratch that
2: and I'm sorry.
0: This um, is risky because you you did verbalize. He'll, he'll a, get it now. You he'll did get verbalize it. Yeah. Ocon.
2: I also think a good strategy would just be pick the same person every single yeah. week because There's eventually more than 20 the, races. So. Yeah. so, in that spirit, I'm actually going to go with Lando, I'm going to stick with Lando for 10. I'm going to say it again. I think he's going to finish higher. Yeah. You do. You're very bullish. One good race. Uh-huh. He has had the shittiest fucking season.
0: One good race. But it was because of the upgrade. So maybe they, well, I guess it's but the it's also, one race on the upgrade.
4: It's also his track. He has had a lot of success at that track. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I. don't remember the stats, but it was quite oh, amazing. Like top four every up, race
2: or something like I'm that. Taking up too much time. All um, right, I'll stick with Alcon. Alcon. Go <laughs> <Okay>. ahead. <laughs>
3: That's the Hollywood connection, you know, the IP, Alpine, right? Yeah, Reynolds. exactly.
2: <laughs> I love the judges just goes, okay.
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> ockham got a shot.
2: Yeah. He's got a shot I as mean, much everyone as anyone but, else does. Everyone
3: but
0: Max has a shot at 10th, I yeah.
2: suppose. He's the only bad pick. It's Max Verstappen.
4: Maybe I should pick him now and see if we can knock him down. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> got to have one car malfunction. Like, how has he not had a single car malfunction? He had a few last year. That's a great point. No one's hit him in turn one. That no. could happen so well, easily.
2: Well, they have, and it hasn't mattered. Well, that's I mean, true. His teammates yeah.
0: fucking boxed him out. I think that every pit stop, too. He hasn't had just a disastrous pit stop. Yeah.
3: Nothing. When there's no pressure on you, everything's easier, though. You don't have to drive as hard. There's no, like, the pit crew aren't nervous because he's got a 20-second gap. Like, everything's easy. When you're winning.
2: Yeah. That's true. The wind's at your back. I do love last year when he had that shitty pit stop though, and he was like, uh
0: Oh beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> he's so condescending. I do miss his his angry yes. radio messages. Yeah. He had some really good Everything's lovely now. It's a bit Yeah. Weird. He's like, This was a great race. It was fun. Also, even that little mix-up with uh, Checo, if he wasn't winning everything, that yeah. would have gone over way
2: differently. Oh, yeah. If he had gotten third because of that whole mix-up, he would have went off and had to come into the pit and get a wing, and then, yeah, oh, he would have, he probably would have punched him. He would have went full yos.
0: And he's so just sweet now. I yeah. I don't know if I like it. <laughs>
2: yeah, we need angry backs back. But- well, listen, we are step one through four rapid race weekends. Uh, This is as good as it's going to get on planet Earth in 2023, these next three weekends. So I hope everyone enjoyed Austria and is looking forward to Silverstone. Again, happy fourth to everyone. My condolences to Jethro again. I love all you guys. And until next week, I encourage everyone to push, 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 push.